this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at what's that website, Jay? DMOUnion.com. Yes, that's our little back and forth. Completely not <laughs> planned. It's summer teen. Jay, we've got a round table. We love doing these, they're very popular with the listeners. We bring a bunch of people together and we talk about a topic. We have this. So I want to, I want to know what you're calling this one. One album wonders. I have a different name. What would you like? Let's to call? T- let's take a vote. We got five people here. Okay. How about one and done bands in the '90s? Because what's a one album wonder? I've never heard of one album wonder. There's a one hit wonder. Right. Well, that's these are one. And, these are one and dones. One and done. I like that. I think that's the better one. We'll go around the room and ask everybody as we introduce them whether they like one album wonder or one and done. So I'm going to start with our returning veteran joining us from Maine because I'm just going to give states. <laughs> Mr. Joe Royland, welcome back. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. And I'm going to go with one and done. I like Jay's idea. Okay, I'm going to go with that. I'm putting that vote down as one and done. For just Joe Royland. All right, one and done gets one vote. All right, this is very scientific. Joining us also from the northeastern part of the United States, where it's probably still snowing. I don't know. It's <laughs> possible. Uh, one of our patrons who who gave us a lot of comments on this episode. I said, "Come on, on and and let's talk about it." From Massachusetts, the state that provides me more misery sports-wise than any other state in the Union, Phil Fleming. Welcome, Phil. Hello. All right. So, I actually have kind of a nerdy answer to this, to the to the uh, little mini poll we have going. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I'm a. My vote is for one and done. Okay. okay? So I'll explain why. One album wonder because I I use that phrase in the 90s for any act that only had hits from their one album the follow-up did not have any Uh, as opposed to one hit wonder it's one album wonder see yeah excellent point one and done point he's bringing knowledge okay i see what you got about this stuff (laughs) way too much you do but that's good you You think about it just enough no, thank okay. you. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think um, I think it's already two to two to zero, and <laughs> I and Jay is is three. So if I doing the math correctly, I think I think that one album wonders out. I don't even think that I can even my vote's not going to matter. Tim, I'm already editing the uh, Patreon post to change the title. Oh, sweet! Thanks. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and finally. Our next new guest, I did not ask what part of the country he's from, so I'm going to find out on the fly. Welcome, Bob Shallow. Bob, where are you from? 
I'm fr- from Austin, Texas. I'm not, and I'm I'm cool with one and done '90s album. Albums is a very catchy title, I think. And of course, everybody here's got stuff that they're doing. Which, if you go to our website, you can go to their bio page and click links. Like uh, you can go to Bob's WordPress site, um, which is uh, I'm gonna spell it out for you: B O B S A S C H A L L A U dot wordpress.com where you can read articles that bob has written including or interviews that he's done uh with a number of really interesting uh folks like um richard fortis from guns and roses and uh scott wyland late scott wyland so lots of perry yeah joe perry um bumblefoot and a couple others yeah and then uh phil yes DJ at WMFO Tufts. Medford. Yes. <laughs> you gotta say, you gotta say without any consonant on the back end, right? Mefa? Is it uh? Mefa, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Joe, uh are you still doing sit and spin or is that on hiatus? I am. It's okay. it's it's kind of on hiatus, but I'm I'm getting back around into the groove of it. Okay. It's back. It's not just sitting. It's back to spinning as well. Hopefully soon. Yes. Good. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about one and done albums and bands from the '90s and artists. It can be artists, not just bands. Um, but only one record came out during the 1990s. We're going to talk about a number of different topics that cover this. Uh, Roundtable one-off. We like to do series of roundtables, and then we like to do these one-offs, like one-hit wonders and and side projects and supergroups of the '90s and all these different uh, one-off topics. This is one of our. This one was voted on via our patrons. Uh, if you join us at the ten dollar level or at the was it nineteen fifty? Is that right, Jay? That's where you get yes, to vote yes. on roundtables, which. Uh, every month, there's two different polls to pick our roundtables. There's topic, uh, you know, broad, like whether we're doing a, a, a series or a or a wild card, I call it, and then what that topic's going to be for that particular month. So, without further ado, let's go around the room and talk about underappreciated and overlooked one-and-done albums that deserve more recognition. These are records where you thought, you know, they they slid under the radar when, when they first came out. They don't get a lot of pub. They're not making anybody's top ten one-and-dones. You know, they're not up there with, like, the Sex Pistols and Derek and the Dominoes and, and those records, but they're really good records, and they deserve to be heard. So give me one, Joe, that deserves more recognition from the 90s. Uh, it's one I've mentioned before, and, and and you guys have covered. It's the Rochambeau by the Greys. Oh, yeah, love that record. We have love it. Just I didn't even record. We've done twenty six episodes that were one and done bands. I was gonna say uh, a lot of the things that are on my list here are all shows you guys have done so far. Yep. Same here. Same here. <laughs> and that, of course, yep. is the um, super group with John Bryan and. Jason, Jason Faulkner. Faulkner. Oh, man. Buddy Judge and Dan McCarroll. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was such a great album. I discovered that one in the last five years. And then I heard 
the the uh, the DMO review of it, and oh, it's just such a great record. <laughs> so, Phil, what's your pick? Uh, this one, this one definitely flew under the radar, and uh, I, I really liked it, and it, and it was it was progressive and everything. The uh, the self titled album from Deconstruction with uh, Dave Navarro and um, Eric Avery of Jane's Addiction. Yeah, I like vaguely remember that record, Bob. I think you included that on your list that you wrote for the article, right? Yeah, I just I, checked it. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting album. I don't think it has any sing-along choruses or anything like that. Oh, God, it's no. A, no. It, it, it's a very experimental. And, and Dave Navarro, I didn't know until recently, he actually sings on a few of the tracks as well as uh, Eric Avery. Interesting. It, yeah, so, inter- and it's a good album. So, two choices from 1994 so far. Mm. <laughs> so, Both Bob... Selling the- is that your pick, or do you have a different pick for an... Uh... I'm going to go with, actually, a covers band that is the, called The Replicants that is basically yes. Ah, yes. a, a yes. failure com- combination with Paul D'Amour, from, who is the original bass player from Tool, and uh, Chris, I can't remember his last name, who is the Guns N' Roses uh, keyboard player. Chris Pullman, I think his name was, and it's just really obscure covers that they basically make failureized and it's really every song is is choice and some of the songs i've never heard until i i got this and uh even when i hear the originals for say t-rex i just i uh, can't help but think of the replicants version when i'm listening to it yeah that's a cool record good pick. Uh, love that album Jay, what do you have for a, an album, a one and done that deserves more recognition? Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I don't want to repeat myself, so I'm going to try to pick one. I'm not going to repeat somewhere else. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Angelfish, mm. uh, album we reviewed. Mm, yeah. So okay. uh, Shirley Manson's band before Garbage. A um, little bit like gothy 80s alternative um edgy great uh great playing on the record too just a really good band i I like her without all the digital stuff going on all the time you can really just understand like her as an artist i think in in ways i didn't have it in garbage so yeah i I love that record um and uh i think it's it's worth going back and and checking out and i wish they would have made another one yeah great record yeah, that was produced by uh, Chris and Tino of Talking Heads, too. So, oh, there's that going for it. <laughs> hmm. That is a great album. This is Bob, and that's actually how they discovered uh, Shirley Manson. I think it was Butch Vig saw her on 120 Minutes yeah. and gave her gave her a call because of that and got her in the band. <laughs> wow. 
That that is the legend. Uh, so my pick is Lusk Free Mars. Uh, this is the uh, when Paul Diamore left Tool. This was the band he formed with Greg Edwards and Brad Brad Laner of Medicine, along with some other folks playing this record. We just reviewed this like a year or so ago. It's a very interesting record. It's it's like progressive without being progressive, if if that's a thing. Where it sounds like a progressive rock record, but it's not complicated in the way that like Dream Theater or something would be. And it's very orchestral in places and it's just a weird, interesting, really cool record that um I think kind of slipped under the radar and I, I hope more people will check it out. So let's go to our patrons and say find out what they had to say about some picks. Um Chris Martz, he had some interesting ones for that I had never heard of. And maybe some of you guys have heard of them. Um, he said, kiss it. Goodbye. Was the band with a record called. She loves me. She loves me not. Um, and then uh, a band called dead guys uh, with a band called, or the, the album was called fixation on a coworker. Um, and then another one was called kill holiday with uh, the album called somewhere between the wrong and, is right and uh i sampled kissing goodbye and dead guys and they were it was sort of like thrash uh metal-ish sounding whereas kill holiday was a bit more just alternative rock a- any of you guys familiar with any of those records kissing goodbye dead guy or or kill holiday i cannot say i am me either nope all right chris stumped us all <laughs> Yeah. People think people think there's no records for for us left to review. I know. <laughs> um, he also had Texas is the reason. Yeah, we covered. Okay. As well as Cap and Jazz's full length, um, which is relevant to uh, the episode on Promise Ring that we just did because. Davey Von mm-hmm. Holen was in Cap and Jazz right. before he. That's right. Promise Ring was actually a side project of Cap and Jazz, mm-hmm. um, and then he also had um, some other. Oh, no, that's not. Uh, not that one came out in the two thousand. Sky Corvair, so that's not uh, relevant to us. It'll be in the two thousand <laughs> podcast. There uh, you go. So let's move on to our next category, which is one album wonders. That may have actually had some buzz at the time. Like you remember, like oh, okay, this is this record's going to be like interesting. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to check this out. But then for whatever reason, it just disappeared and people just forgot about it. Now I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So the, the early '90s, everybody was like into um, Living Color, and you know they had a string of singles, and you know popular popular band Corey glover put out a solo record which i remember getting like yeah being written about and then just nothing happened after that i don't he hasn't put out another solo record jay and i reviewed it we liked it uh it's it's an interesting combination of styles it, Corey glover getting into you know like r&b and funk on some songs and but it still has you know a guitar rock edge to a lot of it so uh, actually, actually, Corey Glover did put out another solo record, but it wasn't until about three years ago, and it was a total pledge music thing. 
Oh. So it wasn't like a big release or anything. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I had no idea. And there was a recent Living Color album last year? Yeah. Yeah. Called Shade. So maybe my example is not perfect because <laughs> of that 2012 release that I just discovered. Um, so, Bob, let me ask you. What is an example of a of an album, a one and done record that had some buzz but then just faded out? We've all heard of it uh, in this discussion, but talk show they pushed that, I but it went nowhere. That that was the uh, yeah. STP minus yeah. Scott with a uh, a guy I actually knew from when I lived in Long Beach, Dave Coots, but um, he just didn't have. You know what Scott had basically in terms of skate stage presence, and it, it didn't go. They pushed the heck out of it. I, I heard from someone in the know, but it just didn't get on the radio. Didn't get played, unfortunately. It's a good album. It's, I have an autographed copy, but uh, it just didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. And they went back to STP, of course. Right, no right. Rest. Much like Scott Weiland's solo album. Exactly. <laughs> they both bombed, so they went back together, as is what the story was. <laughs> But it's still a really good album. I still listen to it. Talk show. Phil, what what's the record that you uh, think? As, as far as you know, being big and buzzy, yeah, the talk, the talk show album was was it was the one that came to mind. Um, but I, yeah, I just it, I remember it was getting it like the day it came out and thinking it was good. But it, I mean, it's basically. Okay, a, a slightly happier STP? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> and and uh, I mean, the single was this the 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 um, hello hello single was was decent, and there's there's still some good there's some good songs on there. It's just it I could totally see why it fell flat. It was just way too similar to the parent band, right? Um, and uh, I mean, they even toured with Aerosmith, and it still didn't didn't generate any buzz or anything like that. Yeah, it was, it was slightly disappointing in that respect, but it was a decent record. Yeah, I love that album. Is that your yeah, pick too. as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> me or no? Uh, actually, um, my pick is uh, another uh, jellyfish-related thing: uh, Imperial Drag another mm. band you guys have covered on the show mm-hmm. there definitely was there was definitely buzz when that album first came out i mean i remember getting an advanced copy of the record and then getting the album uh and and the sony rep coming in when i was working in the music store at the time and just like be you know hyping them up uh the video for boy or girl was getting airplay on mtv the song was actually getting airplay on alternative radio uh and then it just kind of didn't do anything you know um uh, but people who know that album still love that record, but most people have never heard of it. Right. Phil, I forgot. To, so was Talk Show your choice also, Phil, or did you have a different one? Yeah. Yeah. I, talk Show was my choice because, uh, I mean, I just I kept thinking of the, like what are the one album one, one album uh, bands in the 90s that had a big buzz going on and just it just right went after about two months and you oh, said you oh, saw I... things in the bargain bin you know oh sure i got you... another one jay's got him 
What do you got there, Jay? Jay's got uh, a little album called Coverdale Page. Um, uh, pretty much yes. took over record stores, took over MTV. Tons of hype. John Kalodner put it together. Um, it they released a lot of singles, um, and got some initial buzz, but it fizzled fast to the point where they canceled the tour in the U.S. Mm. and did some shows in Japan and pretty much called it a day. Um, so you had the biggest, one of the biggest uh, artists of the '70s and the biggest artists of the '80s come together and uh, really went nowhere. That particular record was half of a great album for me. I mean, the the like the first half was "Shake My Tree" and um, was it "Pride and Joy" was the big yep. single. Yeah, and, and "Take Me for a Little While." "Take Me for a Little While." Those those had great singles, but it was just clear that the only thing the only reason this thing existed was to piss off robert plant (laughs) (laughs) it worked it It worked yeah it worked for about four years who actually put out a really good solo album that same year uh, uh, no no uh beta nations which was probably the most that was 95 93 both of them were 93. Some were 93. Oh, no, wait. Manic Nirvana was 90. Sorry. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it was, the, you know, that was, he had a really great band. He had Francis Dunry on guitar. He had Kevin McMichael, who would played in um, Cutting Crew. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they, they were both the two guitarists on that band. And it was it was a really good album. And some of the tracks was probably the closest he got to doing a, a really good Zeppelin-sounding record. And same thing. It did. It, it, Sold okay, but not great, you know. Yeah, I I have a really embarrassing uh, a story about how I learned about uh, who Nirvana was. So I guess it must have been 1990 in the cafeteria, and the kid sits next to me. And he's like, "Hey, have you heard the new uh, this new album, Nirvana?" I was like, "Yeah, the Robert Plant album. Yeah, I've heard that." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's really good." I was like, "Yeah, I like it too." Like, so we're both just you know. Really love it. He's talking about Nirvana, and I'm talking about Manic Nirvana. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, As far as an album that came out with some buzz that disappeared quickly, um, and it's not to, uh, you know, judge the quality of the record, but um, when I was working at the radio station in college, Loud Lucy's album Breathe 
had like three singles that were pushed to our radio station, maybe because we were Midwest, and they were on MTV, and they were a Chicago band, and Chicago bands were hot. You know, you had Urge Overkill and Smashing Pumpkins and Fruit Assault and all these bands. And they just like disappeared, like within a couple, you know, I think they probably toured a little bit behind the record, but I have no idea what happened with that band. And they just, it just, and I still like that record. We haven't, we've never gotten around to it, but maybe someday it'll end up in a poll or somebody will end up picking it. But it's just, it's a catchy little. I, it reminded me a little of like Johnny Polanski's debut album or something like that. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Because it, I, I don't remember that in the Northeast, and I mean, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I can get some backup here. But uh, Loud Lucy got nothing in the Northeast. <laughs> it got a little I, bit of play up here. Okay, yeah, nothing in Boston, and I. I would see that copies of that CD pretty much in the bargain bin almost immediately. Yep. Yeah. So it, I mean, I, I haven't checked it out myself yet, but I, I just, I remember seeing that, that cover and, and it just being seemingly everywhere for two ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about a few comments on the, uh, patreon page um so mike bond said i have just spent way too much time going through my record collection and cross-checking the facts with wikipedia um he posted a couple of records that did actually have follow-ups but um one is uh the self-titled album by dim stars anybody familiar with dim stars mm-hmm. I remember. I'm, I think I remember yeah. reading it in CMJ, but that's not yeah, it. I probably have that CD somewhere. I've, I've got all the other ones we've talked about so far, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> and then a band called K, which is spelled C A Y, and their na- their album is called Nature Creates Freaks. I heard the single on on Spotify. Only the single, is, which is the self, which is the um, title track, is on Spotify, which is weird. Uh, none of the rest of the record is. But uh, I'm guessing that's also one that nobody's familiar with. Nope. Okay. Uh, And then also, so I just want to mention uh, Scott Witt. Or no, sorry, that's Scott Hallgram said. That Mad Season album is terrible. Mad Season, you go to hell, you go to hell and die. (laughs) Yeah. I I replied to that, didn't I? Yes. Um... (laughs) We might get to that eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, I there was there was considerable hype to that record too. There was. But it, uh, I I don't know. I that one also kind of half of a great record. I mean, I I think I even posted on the Patreon uh comment that it was it had so many slow slow songs that it could just kind of dragged for its you know over 50 minute running time i liked uh keith badgie's uh comment river of deceit is a masterpiece but an entire album of river of deceit is too much (laughs) i should have said that (laughs) 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 all right we we reviewed it i think we both liked it right tom we did i I mean i think i think that album suffered for being released at the time it was and people wanted an entire album 
that sounded like, well, what would Alice in Chains sound like if it was combined with Screaming Trees? And yeah. they got nothing with like that. Pearl Jam's lead guitar player. Yeah, right and Pearl yeah. Jam. Right. And, oh, this is going to be amazing. And they wanted to make a very quiet, chill, right? you know, yeah, it didn't work. Me- so Meanwhile, yeah. if it had a couple more I don't know any things in it, I thought it would have been a lot better. <laughs> there you go, which is a very Alice in Chains sounding song. Yeah. Um, so we talked about one and dones that had some buzz and then maybe they got lost. And, and it doesn't mean that the quality of the record wasn't good. It just means for whatever happened, they just they just disappeared. There are also the albums that had a lot of buzz because of maybe people who were involved in super groups or side projects or solo records. And then they came out and you're like, oh, this is not good. This is this is this is trash. Um, a- example would be uh, I, I remember this from uh, Neil Schmidt, who has been a guest on this program. He uh, Jay and I have known him for yeah. probably 20 years now. Uh, the Seahorses album, which is John Squire leaving. Oh, yeah. Leaving. Uh, That's that one of my two. The I have Roses. two. That's one of them. Uh, <laughs> he he said that is there's one good song and the rest of that album is absolute garbage, and um, I remember that you know coming out and like that album. We got posters at the studio. I mean that was a big deal that it was John Squire from Stone Roses and this is his new project and yeah and man is that record not good. Um, Love is the Law well, has it, a cool guitar riff. Yeah. And then that's it, not... It, that whole thing sounded rushed. Yeah, it just... Mm-hmm. It, it sounds very basic. It sounds like just sort of jangly three chords like, and throwing some riffs over top of it. It's not, it's not yeah. at all inventive uh, no. in the way that he was with Stone Roses. Stone Roses, yeah. So, Joe... Since you only have one other option, I'm going to start with you so that <laughs> you can tell us what that is. Uh, the other one was Burning Tree, which uh, there was a bit of buzz of it because Mark Ford had just joined the Black Crows. And I was, I was like, oh, cool. I like this guy's sound on the Black Crows Southern Harmony Musical Opinion. I want to check this album out. And it just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, kind of sounds like that Archangels record if it was not as good. <laughs> I wouldn't even go that far. I love that Archangels album. No, no, no so. I mean, I would say like the Archangels <laughs> record is good in it, but it's like a a B level version of that record. Uh, I would say it's like a D level version of that Ooh, record. Wow! <laughs> Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob, what's your pick for a, a a one and done that fell flat for you? Um, I would, 
I don't know. I only remember one song from. Was the Archangels the nineties? I, I know that was ninety two. Yeah, but 92? they okay. they did have another I album. I only remember one song oh, they did? from that. I yep. I remember four songs from Mad Season, so I'd have to go with Archangels because I just don't know the album. I never bought it. Well, I I thought they had another record in the two thousands, but it was that they like... released a live album. Oh, okay. That had four new tracks on it. Okay, so it's not technically a new album, so that so that that qualifies. All right, so Jay and I kind of dug that record. I think more for the for the um, Charlie Sexton songs than the uh, Doyle. Yeah, the Doyle Brent Hall songs. Yeah. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, Phil, what's your pick for a, a a big record that fell flat for you? Well, it, I mean, it didn't fall flat, but it was just it, it was just kind of forgettable. Um, the Rockfords. Yeah. Um, it was basically goodness with Mike McCready, and uh, goodness, another. I think they didn't. They never made a second record, but um, yeah, the Rockfords would. It just seemed like. You know, Mike McCready decided to join Goodness, and oh, now suddenly Epic Records wants to put out the album, and and they got Nancy Wilson of Heart to write and sing a song on it, and I don't know, it just it, it I wouldn't say completely fell flat. There was a couple of decent things that would pop out, but just after it finished playing, you're just okay, what did I listen to? I guess I may have to play it again, but you find that you find yourself in that kind of, it, nothing stood out basically. Yes. I, I remember being <laughs> completely underwhelmed by that record. Yep. I mean, decent playing, decent yep. singing, everyone, every, everything was just, you know, la 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 la. And then you forget about it. Yep. Yeah. I would agree with that too. Jay, what's your, fell flat one and done um uh, so i had talk show um that was my fell flat i had big 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 expectations for that um it it's uh it worked better for me at the time it did not age well um and then burning tree i've i've tried many times to get into that record because it seems like something i should like and i just don't connect with it as much as i think i'm going to um i I guess the one most controversial would be hater uh, you can go listen to our review of that record. I just did not get that record, and um, that's not a uh, one done. Oh, it's they, not. They had a second no. record. It didn't they come did. out for another like fifteen years, but yeah, <laughs> there was a second record. <laughs> well, I'm flipping the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, flip the table. Uh, I'm going with the Neurotic Outsiders because I find that unlistenable um i tried to try to get into it back then i just don't like steve jones i don't know what it is i just i don't like him i i wouldn't i would leave it leave the table if he sat down there next to me <laughs> oh wow wow <laughs> well i already flipped I, I, the table so he wouldn't be able to sit at that's it. true you yeah. did so the table is not in, in play I, I wouldn't be that harsh the legs. no um i actually liked that neurotic outsiders record i um, oh my god, the lyrics. because of every, everyone that was playing on it. Yeah. I mean, I liked them individually. 
I mean, but it, that that was just definitely one of those records where, yeah, I'm kind of glad there wasn't a second record because <laughs> where would you have gone with that kind of thing? But right. Yeah, that was one for me where, like, considering all the people involved in it, it did, to me, it just fell flat, too. It was like, oh, okay. Eh, it's all right, you know. Uh, a couple more comments from our Patreon page. John Seaman said, as a young guitar player, I really got into that Pride and Glory album. Love Zach's playing, songwriting, and guitar riffing. Um, he said he recently got into the Neurotic Outsiders album. Another one off band was Liars, Inc., their only official release, Super Jaded. Um, there's some great songs off that record. Uh, they did have a, a second album, but it was never officially released. Like, the promo was sent out, and then it never got released. Which is interesting. Um, and then... I don't remember that record at all, but... The Pride and Glory record. Um, and then Jim Lazowski says, obviously, Jeff Buck- Buckley is tops from this list without a doubt, but I'm a huge fan of the new radicals record singer songwriter. Greg Alexander has done a lot of great engineering and production, including some quality songs for the film begin again with Mark Ruffalo. Um, and then he also mentioned that he appreciated the loud Lucy record. Ian wobble, Bob, you'll appreciate this. He said, Lauren Hill never followed up her album that she is still working on. Um, that it's one dips pretty far outside. Of our, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of outside of our rock, uh, for the most part. Yes, yeah. uh, our uh, our mission statement here. So, I mean, occasionally we get out of the out of that loop, but um, that is a fine record. I actually own it on vinyl. If she ever puts that out, I mean, it's Chinese Democracy Part Two, I guess at this point. So, <laughs> That's yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> exactly. I love that record. Uh, let's I say that I I was also disappointed in the New Radicals record. I thought. They're, the songs were good, but a lot of them went on way too long. <laughs> like they made their point and then went on for another two minutes. That's that's how I felt about it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Greg Alexander seems to be one of these guys that you just can't stay with one thing. Like he did that album with Danielle Grisois, and because mm. I think they were dating at the time, and then yeah. the New Radicals, he had a solo record, and then New Radicals came out, and then he's working with this person, and then he's working with that person, and he just can't seem to keep one thing going. He just always seems to have to be on to the next thing. Right. Yeah, that's kind of why he basically folded the band after they had a hit, because he knew he was going to get sick of playing the hit. <laughs> right. Let's talk about the albums, the one and dones that you most wanted to have a follow-up. Doesn't mean it's your favorite record, but you're like, it could be an album where you're like, man, the band was really close on that first one. I really would have loved to have heard a second record so that we could, you know, find out what they were capable of. Joe, I'm going to start with you. What is a one and done that you most want to have a follow-up record? I'm gonna. I got two for this because I couldn't narrow it down to one. Uh, one was the Laws, and the closest you got to like kind of a follow up with that was Cast. Um, but it would have been great to hear another Laws album because that's I love that record. And uh, the other one was a band that you covered way early on in the early days of Dig Me Out. And that's the group Luster. They had like that one album. Love that record, and then they never got to do a follow up. That's a good pick. 
Hmm. That's a good pick. Um, I just want to point out that Whitney Buehler is live uh, commenting because we this is our 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 live broadcast exclusively for our patrons. They can hear us as we're recording, and then we edit it and post it for everybody else. He said, "I don't care what Jay says. Talk shows a good album." It <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's he's siding with uh, the folks who who picked that one. Bob, tell me an album that you would love for there to be a follow up from or for uh, for a one and done. Sure, I wish you know in the time frame that there was that there could have been a Temple of the Dog follow up. I know oh, that they, yeah. they had a reunion, mm. but unfortunately, the members of that band are now called Pearl Jam minus. Uh, Chris Cornell, it's never going to happen. But right. they, they did do a reunion, mm. I, I think, uh, show a one-off. But that's just a great album that it just sums up the one-off that, you know, now now Matt Cameron has been Pearl Jam's drummer for 20 years or whatever, but it's, you know, it's never going to happen. But it, it's great that they got to do that show, but uh, its it, second album would have been great in its time. Yeah. Phil, what's your <laughs> what's your pick? All right, I actually have two. Um, one of them has been mentioned before. Uh, that's the Imperial Drag. Also, record. Whitney Beeler's pick. He just let yes, us know. I I loved that record, and there was a follow up planned. They had a whole crapload of songs, but they could not agree on a direction, so they ultimately just ended the band. Eric Dover and uh, Roger Manning. Um, they just decided to end of the band instead of fight over a direction. <clears throat> um, and another one, the other one is uh, one you've recently covered. And uh, th- thanks to Dig Me Out, I actually hunted down the album, uh, the Finney Scad. Oh yeah, um, mm, yep. I I I was listening to that, and, I'm, and I couldn't help but think, you know. Because that album came out in 98. Was it? 98, yeah. And uh, I just thought, oh, well, if it came out, A, three years earlier, and B, had a slight remix for U.S., it would have been a big hit. And, I mean, I know the band folded probably like two months after the album came out. But uh, that would have been a band that I could have seen do a lot more. (laughs) Jay, what do you got? I'm going to bend the rules a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. This band put an EP out, um, but I can't go the show without mentioning them and wondering what a f- 
true full length out follow up album to Apple by Mother Love Bone would have been like um Yes, yes. Right. So I mean it changes history uh of this of every of this show of the nineties of music if that band continues. Um I would love to see what Andrew would would have matured into um yeah and just see where the band yeah. would went with the second record. Oh absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well Apple I agree. in nineteen ninety. Yep. So yeah, oh that that would have been a great great follow up. <laughs> yeah. Jay, I'm shocked because I thought you would have gone with one of the great one album wonders of the I, 90s. I said I'm spacing my albums out, so because <laughs> the one I want to hear because it's such a crazy record is life, sex, and death. Oh, oh that's on my list. Yes, LSD. I want to oh, know man. what's going to happen next <laughs> to that band. Oh. Just for the sheer out of control nature of the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. And I kind of have a third one, but the um the the one and done album was released in two thousand. Unfortunately, oh. was um fifty eight diet for a new America. Hmm. Hmm. Not familiar with that. Fifty eight. Uh, it, it it was a long brewing project, but the album only finally came out in like May of two thousand. Uh, it was uh, Nikki Six from Motley Crue decided oh. who he decided to do a band that had nothing to do with Motley Crue. So <laughs> the, it, I... it was it was experimental, and there was like hip hop thrown in there, and there's a strange cover of alone again naturally <laughs> wow <laughs> and like th- there's some industrial stuff and some rock stuff and just it, like a lot of creativity went into it and i would have loved to have seen that go further but he had to go you know back to molly crew and singing girls 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 so <laughs> <laughs> i remember the like the buzz leading up to that and then did it come out? Yeah, it, di- it did on on uh, Nikki Six's label distributed by uh, BMG. Okay. okay. And it, it was, it, I mean, it had zero promotion behind it. And <clears throat> but it, it was, it was a, it's, it was a just fun kind of creative record from somebody known for, you know, you know, hair metal. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, but that, but again, it was released in two thousand. So right. Uh, this is the big one now, folks. We're going to talk about our favorite one and done album of the decade. This doesn't have to be the biggest record, but it's one that you think, man, they just they nailed it on this record. I love going back to it, telling people about it. Phil, I'm going to start with you. What Ugh. is your favorite one and done album of the 1990s? Oh, uh, I, I gotta say, Imperial Drag. I I loved every minute of that record. Um, and uh, 
the Greys. It's the Greys. Just the sheer songwriting alone on that one is worth it for anybody to hear. Um, All right. Yeah, it it, it kind of breaks my heart that both of those did virtually nothing. Yeah. I mean, Jay and I have revisited both, and it's hard to figure out, but... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Bob, what is your pick for your favorite one and done of the 90s? Without a doubt, it's uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace. I I have all these albums that are my favorite one and dones, and every song, all ten of them, Mojo Pin, Grace, Last Goodbye, I know the, the words to all of them. I... I probably didn't hear it until after he drowned, unfortunately, but I I really love that album. Uh, his posthumously released one, My Sweetheart the Drunk, is, is really good as, as well. But uh, during his lifetime, Grace was the only one that was released, and I, I just, every song of that album I really like. And it's such a unique record. There's nothing yeah. like it. I think that's why it's it's such a special moment especially the time it came out too it like influenced so much stuff that came after it yeah oh absolutely it might it could possibly be the most influential one and done of the decade i mean i can't i can't think of another record that's quite as influential as that in terms of i mean that changed music in so many different ways even bands that were like uh of the time you know, like Tom York of Radiohead was influenced by that record as it was coming, you know, as they were get it, listening to it as it came out. So Muse as well. Definitely. Oh, Muse, yeah, you wouldn't definitely. have you wouldn't have hours. You wouldn't have vast, uh, you know, like all these other bands, that, people who are, are influenced by Buckley singing style. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely with Muse and ours. Mm hmm. Joe. What's your pick? Oh, it's so hard, man, because there's so many great ones, you know, to try and narrow it down to one. I mean, I, I could name any of the albums I've already picked because uh, I go back to them all again and again. You know, Temple of the Dog, uh, The Greys, Imperial Drag, um, The Laws. But I'm, you know what? I'm. It's been brought up earlier, but I'm going to go with Archangels because I go back to that album again and again and again. Uh, it took me forever to finally track down a copy of it on vinyl, and I, I love that album. So that's probably if I have to pick one, just because I've named all these other ones, I'm going to name that just because I haven't used it yet. <laughs> interesting. I would not see that coming. Yeah, it's an interesting pick. All right, Jay, what's your pick? Favorite one well, and done. You took my thunder. I was I was building up to this one. Life, sex, and death. Silent majority. Okay. Uh, it meets all the criteria that you had. Like I just, it's one of those records I just always want to turn people onto and just um, go back to and relive. And seeing them live was an amazing experience. Uh, a couple times I was able to see them live, and just bizarre record that no one else will be able to do like it just it doesn't make like it had to be a time and a place and just this really weird amalgamation of everything that was going on it could have Um, only happened then yeah Mm. um i was gonna pick them as my you know the band that um have a follow-up but there's some i think what i love about it personally is the mystique around it as well and if they would have done a follow-up i don't know if it would have been the same 
kind of the 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 it burning fast and the band you know kind of disappearing into obscurity and then all the stories and uh, uh, lore around Stanley and oh yeah what he, his character and it kind of adds to it that the fact that they only did one record so um, in a way I, yeah I would love to hear more music from the band but there's a weird um, uh, aspect to it for me that uh, it might benefit from it being a one and done as well so because they can't screw it up. It's perfect, you know. It's perfect, right. and there's no there's no other material out there to to say, uh, you know, to to kind of uh, say it wasn't that good because it is what it is. So, yeah, huge fan of that that album. So there are a lot of options. Most of them have been mentioned: Mother Love Bone, uh, Temple of the Dog. Uh, but I like some of the more obscure stuff. Um, I I wrestled with this because there's a couple records that we've reviewed that have always been on my like favorite records of the decade, whether they were one and done or not. Uh, one is the luster album that uh, we reviewed way back in season one, like first or <laughs> third episode or something like that. It's a really cool guitar rock record in the vein of like a dinosaur junior. Um, but I'm going with an, a, 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 an album that I tracked down a Japanese vinyl press of it because I was so obsessed with this record. It was having it on CD. Wasn't enough. I got a double vinyl from across the world. And that is pusher man's album floored, which if you haven't heard it, it's sort of like Oasis with the verve with a ton of heroin and <laughs> some crazy harmonica playing and it's just a big loud double guitar drugged out crazy Britpop record that I absolutely love it's all the dials are peaking it's super loud and um I probably I'm 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 biased cuz I got to see them live in a small club uh when they did like their one US tour so always loved that band and um that record is awesome and i push it as much as possible when i talk to people about it so that's my pick stop being a pusher man for pusher man i know exactly (laughs) i have like i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look this up now (laughs) yeah i I just it's on streaming it's on streaming it is okay yeah if if you like that big brash early oasis sound thought i'd like these songs to be eight minutes long and half as fast uh that's that's what that (laughs) that's what that record sounds like which sounds like i'm talking negatively about it but it's actually like really cool if you're in the right space for it so uh, a couple other ones that we have reviewed that i want to mention uh handsome i'm surprised that that record didn't come up that's a really good record Oh yeah, uh, summer camps album Pure Juice. Ah, there we go. That's yep. a good one. Uh, we also have done uh, Horse happens twice. It's a, uh, a, a, a favorite album of Jay's. I know uh, the album Ling by Seed. Anybody remember yep. that? Oh yes, oh. I got that record. I have that. I saw them live. Uh, a record I'm a, I'm a fan of. We haven't done yet, but I'm hoping that we get to it. Is Mind Bomb? Anybody? Yes, remember? I have that too. That one you need some. That one's a good one, yeah. Yep. I got that on CD. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other one I was gonna Oh, we did uh Plexi's album Cheer Up, which was a very early interview that Jay and I did with multiple multiple members of the band 
Um, interesting record, sort of a glammy hard rock, alternative rock combo thing that works in really well in some places and okay in others, but <laughs> crazy delay guitar on that record. Yeah. Uh, NY Loose is a band we reviewed that was a one and done that I liked a lot. I don't think you liked it as much, but I thought They're it was not a, really a one good and record. done. What are you talking second, about? They had a second record. No, that doesn't count. I looked at it. What? Yeah. It has like the same songs on it. Okay. <laughs> and Gary Sunshine's on it, so it doesn't count. <laughs> From he's not on it. So. Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> There's a couple of you. Um, I don't think you well had a couple that I, I don't think you guys did. You guys didn't review Star Club yet, did you? No, no. From 1990, that's a, a favorite of mine. Um, their drummer went on to be the drummer for Oasis, but they were like pre Britpop by about three years. Um, but a great, great album. Um, and uh, the other band was a one-off, like kind of supergroup called Color Sound. And it was basically Mike Peters of the Alarm fronting the cult instead of Ian Asbury. I had not heard of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I had always heard about that band at the time. And and it was like you read about what um, uh, what the the, uh, the cult were up to. Yeah, it it just made it under the wire in like 1999. Depending on like which country you got it in, um, it was either 99 or 2000. But they did the one album... And it was pretty good at all. Pretty much, it's exactly what you would think it would sound like, you know. And they also did like one alarm tune and one cult song. I think they did uh, "She Sells Sanctuary" with Mike Peters singing it, and then uh, what was the alarm song they did? "Strength," maybe if I remember right. But the the album as a whole was really good. Uh, and then on the flip side, Ian Asbury had one album not with a holy barbarian holy barbarian yeah which you covered yeah which we've done i'm i that i thought that might come up on this uh episode but uh because that had some push behind it i saw them uh in 96 when that out when that came out like that summer at a on a buzzard fest in cleveland you know <laughs> multiple band day long excursion yeah. with uh with many other 90s uh bands that uh are well known so yeah if people have other ones other one and dones that we didn't mention please in the comments tell us about them because we made a big list but i'm sure we missed some so let us know what what else was out there and we'll have a Spotify playlist, and when you mention them, I'll add more music to that Spotify playlist so we can have this gigantic one-and-done uh, playlist for people to check out. Most of our uh, roundtables have a Spotify playlist of some sort to go along with them. So... You know what else is on Spotify? What, Jay? This podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just search Dig Me Out, and you can subscribe right there on, on uh, Spotify and listen to the playlists and just never leave Spotify. That's right. <laughs> Ever. It's the whole ecosystem. You can get your lunch from there, too. You can just order it via Spotify Eats. Coming soon. <laughs> uh, I, 
that's like one of the onion articles that ends up being true. I know. Oh no, no, God, no. <laughs> For the hard times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, we need to thank our our guests who joined us on this particular Sunday evening, uh, Joe, Phil, and Bob. Thank you all for taking some time out. Not only for doing this, but I'm sure there was prep time and in, in ahead of time, uh, and so we greatly appreciate it. Getting ready for this episode and then taking part. And uh, you're all welcome back, of course. Oh, uh, this was so much fun. Uh, it was, yes. Thank you, Sim. I enjoyed this, Bob. Awesome. Hey, Whitney Abuler jumped in with his favorite one and done. I can't believe you missed it, Tim. What? Human radio. No, we it's not a one and done. I, I commented, it's not a one and done. Yeah, they put it on the record like two or three years ago. You're breaking his heart. I told him. That. I left him. <laughs> I'm fighting for you, Whitney. I'm fighting for you. Tim's just, he's a hard ass on this stuff. <laughs> I'm just following the premise of the episode. It's not I'm being a hard ass about it. I'm just literally just following the premise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, like if they hadn't come out with an album a couple of years ago, I would have said Bash and Pop would have been on my list. But oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't too impressed with that one. But I mean, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> we should do an episode. It's called "Should Have Been One and Done," where they had an amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! An amazing debut, <laughs> and then totally. That ruined it after that. Twenty-seven people on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who needed in utero? No, I'm just kidding. That's not. I know. I know. That's not. I know. Nevermind isn't the first record. I'm just kidding. Um, I need to remind everyone. First of all, should have said this at the top. Welcome to Charlie Z, our new seven-dollar patron. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie's got a t-shirt coming out to him. I'll have to get a size. After, after uh, three months of membership, he gets a t-shirt. Next month, he'll have a sticker going out to him. And he'll be voting in our polls and taking part in the conversation over at, what's that website, Jay? DMOUnion.com. That's right. And if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at iTunes. So for Jay, I'm Tim. We are out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash digmeout and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at Zazzle.com. 